My name is Amy. My name is Jupiter. And we're starting with that. (laughs) Okay. This is sort of a out of order for the intro. Thanks for listening to Enchanting Aspects. (laughs) Uh huh. Um, uh huh. Are we just gonna do the whole story? We're just gonna do the whole podcast out of order. Yeah, I want you to. (laughs) Hey, I want you to guess the moral before each of us say our things. I I really want you to. Okay, the moral of the story is um, we change as human beings and we're never the same person and that's okay to evolve from who you were in the past to who you are now. I mean, that's, I'm, that's, it's not, it could work for my thing. It could. I I, I have an advantage because I know what my thing is. So I I hacked my own brain and got the. What if you didn't? Oh, if I just made shit up? No, what if, what if we like did it like secret envelope style where like we passed each other a thing? That'd be so fun. Like what if we were. Because, you know, I think I I at least have a list of all of my things. So maybe one day I should just, like, throw them all into a bucket and pick one out. And not oh, even that's know that fun. I'm about to talk about it. That's fun. That would fun. be fun. Yeah. Let's do that. We have okay. so many different segment thing I, episode ideas that we want to do. We yeah. should do another segment of cool, cool episode again soon. Yeah, another gimmick episode, yeah. Another gimmick episode. It's like a little vacation, except we're still we're still working, but it's it's funner. <laughs> yeah. Um well since we're all since it's all topsy turvy this episode, welcome to Enchanting Aspects, where Whoa. we enchant your aspects. This is a podcast about appreciating the little details, the little things in art. And my name is Jupiter. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You did so good. You did all of it. And I thank you. I I only interrupted with oohs and ahs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey Amy, what's my thing? (laughs) So Jupiter's thing this week is Fucking that one commercial for Airheads in the nineties where they their heads blew up like balloons. <laughs> how how fucking rancid would it be if we just talked about commercials? That Gosh. I I would hate that so much. <laughs> Now now I almost see it as a challenge and want to find some commercial out there that I like ironically. Uh, I, I can't find one in my head. Yeah. The only one I can think of is one that, <laughs> that only aired once because it was so bad. Um, and it was a 3D animated for. Febreze commercial or some like likelihood likeliness to Febreze and it was just two like chameleons like running into a room and the animation was so terrible and I think one of them farted or something and I just remember me and my sister were watching it and we were just dying because it was so bad if anybody knows what I'm talking about please for the love I, of everything that is good, send me a video of that commercial. I would like to experience it again. Thank you. The, the only thing that I can think of 
is the uh the we are fucking under attack <laughs> and that's not that's an edit that's not even a real one <laughs> i know i know but it's 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 such in spirit of like all of these mobile game ads are exactly the same yeah um I'm a sexy bitch, and we are fucking under attack. <laughs> uh, my liege, I'm a <laughs> sexy bitch, and you have to defend the castle. You have to defend Horny Castle from the <laughs> from the attackers. Horny Castle is being attacked by Dildo the Dragon. Hurry! <laughs> Uh, and then you you play you actually like play the game and it's just like stick figures. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Hey, Amy. Hey, Jupiter. What's your thing? My, uh, my thing this week is somebody washing their hands. Somebody washing their hands. Now, huh? And this isn't a commercial. No, it is not. Okay, do I know what this is, or is this not a thing I don't know? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll, I guess I better you... shut up and find out. <laughs> <laughs> do you want hints? Do you want to yeah, guess? Yeah, give me hints. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, uh, it's from a movie. Okay. The movie prominently features a couple of trains. <sighs> Polar Express, they don't wash their hands in that movie. No, they're nasty. They're stinky. They drink They drink soup that a sock has been in. Washing their hands, trains. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine, they don't have hands. <laughs> they do not have hands. I'm going to say that you probably don't know it then. Okay, yeah, those are the only two train movies, and one of them is a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... I want to talk about uh, the uh, uh, about a little movie. It's not little. It's quite big. I want to talk about Train to Busan. Oh, shit. I've seen this movie. I forgot that that's on a train. Yeah. Uh, it's literally called Train. So I don't know how you forgot. It's in my head. It's called Zombie Movie. <laughs> really? That's That's what you got? Every zombie movie in my head is called zombie movie. Okay. Okay. Um, interesting. It's a good movie. Well, um, what if I told you that it was not only a good movie, but in my opinion, A, the best zombie movie that has ever existed. Ooh. Uh, and B, one of the best movies, period, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's a it's a real good movie, um, and it's good. Okay, I'm uh, gonna talk now <laughs> instead of you. <laughs> Sorry, I like passed out. I blacked out <laughs> while in the middle of that sentence. You really did. You really did. Oh my goodness. I do, okay in my uh, it's because for a second half a second I accidentally put together Snowpiercer and Train to Busan. At, as the same movie and i was like wait a second they're not the same movie so not all those things happened in one movie no they're not the same movie they have somewhat similar themes but i like train to busan i like snowpiercer i think it's a good movie i mm-hmm. like train to busan better okay um 
and there is one scene that is similar. <laughs> um, but, so, uh, I am going to spoil a decent chunk of this movie. I am not going to spoil all of it, but, fair warning, I'm going to be spoiling a decent chunk. Um, I will go ahead and say, though, even with everything that I am going to spoil, if you haven't seen the movie, there is way more that I am not talking about, and it is (laughs) extremely worth seeing. Like, watch this fucking movie. So, Train to Busan is a, uh, uh, we'll just do the fucking goddamn Wikipedia headline or whatever. Uh, Train to Busan, mm-hmm. it's a 2016, uh, horror movie, uh, uh, by, uh, it's in, uh, a, uh, wow, my brain just shut off. Good work, Jupiter. A lot of blackouts um, today. Apparently so. A lot of blackouts. Um, so, uh, Train to Busan, it's a South Korean, uh, horror movie. It is about, I'm just going to say it's about zombies and a train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I just want you and the listener, I want you to picture all of the possibilities that could happen with zombies on a train. Yeah. And it's it, in it. <laughs> it it does all of them. It it truly does everything you can think of and some things you didn't think of. Yeah. It it does it does it all. Like it does not there was a point in the movie where it was just like Aw, uh, I, I, you know, they're, I feel like they might be missing an opportunity. I think they might not be using the train enough. And then uh-huh. they never stopped doing train stuff <laughs> for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. It's so good. I'm if a big... You, sorry, if you want to take a movie and, like, give it a good premise, like, Train to Busan is one of those movies that 100% takes advantage. Like, okay, let me start over. If you hear about a premise of a movie and it gets you excited and you're like, ooh, that sounds like such a cool premise. I wonder what they'll do. Train to Busan is like a perfect movie that actually uses its premise creatively and well. Yeah, yeah it, it really does. There is so much I could be talking about. Uh, but I'm particularly uh, going to be talking about one moment kind of in the middle of the movie, uh, which uh, relates... It's so good. Okay, so uh, this is... uh, The main character in the movie is uh, a man named uh, Gong Yu, uh, and his... uh, His... No, I'm sorry. Gong Yu is the actor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, It's So Sok Woo is the character name, uh, and uh, So Susan is his daughter. Uh, and uh, they're a... Uh, they're not... Sakwu does not have an incredibly uh, uh, great relationship to his daughter. He is a hedge fund manager mm-hmm. uh, and just an asshole, really. Like, he's kind of a, a big shit. Uh, spending way more time at work than with his daughter, not remembering, like, any details about his daughter. Uh, he and his wife are, uh, estranged, uh, and, like, the whole concept is that, uh, Suan is real sick of her dad and wants to go to Busan to visit her mom. And, uh, Sakwu doesn't want to take her 
but then eventually agrees. And so they go on a train to Busan. Mm-hmm. And then zombies. And then zombies. Um, and some zombie shit happens for a while. Uh, and, <laughs> and there is a scene in the movie. Uh, uh, okay. So they meet up with a bunch of other characters on this train. Uh, they have a close call. And then they decide to get back on the train and they go on the train and they're on the train and they're going to Busan. Um, uh, and there, I'm just going to say there's a scene in the movie where they are going from one side of the train to the other side of the train where I legitimately jumped out from uh, off the couch and literally yelled, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, I was watching it with Thea and, uh, <laughs> My God. So, uh, they, uh, they are fighting up the train to get to one of the, uh, cars, uh, closer to the front of the train, uh, where, cause they got separated from their friends. Uh, and, uh, they fight their way up. And at some point, uh, uh, while the train was stopped, there is a, uh, the COO, the, uh, the corporate operations officer, whatever, uh, of the, uh, uh, one of the big bosses of this train company, who is a real asshole and sucks super hard so much, uh, is like, hey, we're not gonna let you into our car because fuck you. Yeah. Uh, and they eventually are able to get into it, but unfortunately have to, like, because this COO is a giant asshole, uh, like, two people died because he didn't want to open the door. Mm -hmm. So, they finally get in, and Sakwu, uh, like, you know, he, he doesn't have a great relationship with his daughter, but he did very much, like... You know, like, when the crisis started, all of that kind of immediately slipped away. And he was just like, all I'm doing is protecting my daughter. Yeah. And over time, he starts to, like, get to, like... Okay. Talking about the events of this movie are not going to be super helpful for this moment that I want to talk about. Although the the lead-up is, you know, the context is somewhat important. But... Yeah. But the, the, at the end of the day, right, the complete thesis statement of this movie is that even in times of crisis, having compassion and caring about people makes a difference. Absolutely. And when people are selfish and decide to, uh, uh, to shut compassion out of their hearts, it only leads to the people around them getting hurt and the, like, the complete disruption of, like, society, essentially. Mm -hmm. This whole thing is, at the start of the movie, Sakwu, who, again, hedge fund manager, not a good dude. Yeah. He... As soon as there's a zombie problem, he's like, well, none of that shit matters anymore. Like, my job doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. it takes him a little bit 
and he's still a little bit of an asshole for a little bit, but like he's never he he gives up on being selfish. Yeah. And he and he falls in to this group trying to protect each other, trying to uh uh you know work together uh pulling emotional labor for people who can't help who can't do it themselves pulling like helping others unquestionably in ev- any given moment and then he meets this COO who literally says shit like you know no one else matters you only got to like you only got to look out for yourself which is something that Sakwu said to his daughter earlier on in the movie and his daughter was just like no <laughs> yeah that's bullshit daddy yeah You're essentially um uh and when they finally get into this train car uh he has this moment of looking at the coo and it it's not said but you can get the vibe that he is seeing him a reflection of himself yeah He's seeing what he could have been if he didn't care about people. He's seeing that this guy choosing to be selfish ultimately killed two people. Mm -hmm. And that dude's selfishness continues to kill people. And he sees that and he decides that that's not who he is. Yeah. And the moment that I want to highlight is... Right after that, he is, they get pushed out to the car ahead of the, uh, car that every, uh, that the COO is in because, like, all of these people, they don't actually know how the zombies work. The people in this group do because they've been paying attention, but no one else in, no one in this car does because they've been too scared and they're mm-hmm. falling into the rank of this dude is, well, this dude's a COO. Surely he should be in charge. Absolutely mm-hmm. fucking not. Uh, so, uh, uh, so they get pushed ahead to the car ahead, and Sokwu goes into the bathroom to have, uh, uh, he, uh, first tries to call his wife and then gets a call from one of his co workers who he's been talking to throughout the movie, uh, and, uh, the, uh, the coworker says that he has learned that the company that Sakwu and this guy, I believe Kim is, is the name, uh, that uh, the company that they work for uh, it are, is the company that created the zombie virus. Oh, fuck. I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah. And the movie wisely doesn't dwell on this. I think it it's an important moment, but it's not the 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 background and the reasoning why this company did that is not important to the movie's themes, really. Yeah, like it would just distract from the core of this movie. Uh, so we don't we don't ever learn why they did this, but at the end of the day, it's more symbolic for the you know once again self selfish capitalistic drive to. Just be out for yourself. Yeah. Just leads to destruction. Yeah. And Sakwu, he he has this moment and they're talking. It's just like Kim says, like, 
it's not our fault, right? We we were just doing what we were told. And obviously it is their fault, you know, that like in a way. And but Sakwu does I think the compassionate choice and says, "No, it's not your fault." Because again, it's a crisis, and this dude is at the end of his fucking rope. So, yeah. like, there's only so much you can do from several fucking miles away over a phone call. Yeah. But Sakwu hangs up the phone, and he attempts, because he's, you know, been fighting through the through the zombies, he attempts to wash the blood off of his hands. The mm. literal blood off of his hands. Yeah. And then he finds that he can't. Oh, shit. This is Macbeth. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and holy shit. What? Holy shit. (laughs) Like, like this, this moment really, like, crystallizes Saku's character arc. Yeah. It really does. Like, him recognizing the kind of person that he could be with the COO, but recognizing that he is not that, but also having to reckon with the fact that this crisis has made him realize the values that are actually important in humanity about protecting people, helping people about love and compassion and He's learned all of this because of this crisis, but he can't escape the fact that he is responsible in part for the destruction that is happening, for all yeah. of the deaths that have happened yeah. through the several cities and districts that have been completely destroyed. He it's like he finally realized what what a jerk he's been. And he's like under, like he's finally understood that he isn't that person deep down. But mm-hmm. he's also realizing that like he was a jerk though, and because of his actions, he contributed somewhat to like turmoil, right? In society, right? And and you know, like even taking away out of the literal thing of like he he's part of this company that you know created the zombie virus, um, uh, and like was part of the distribution effort for it. Mm-hmm. The On the other level, having to reckon with the fact that he hasn't been there for his daughter. The yeah. fact that, he, that like, he has caused a lot of hurt within his family. That, yeah. um, that he has never really been there for the people who, like, are supposed to be important in his life. And, and- the fact that, like, it takes this crisis to bring that out in him and he has tragic yeah it is it really is it's tragic Um, that you have to go through a literal apocalyptic scenario to realize what's important to you mm -hmm. and to have to to have to change yourself even though it's kind of like it seems nihilistic in a way because, you know, what's the point in changing when, you know, everything is falling apart around you, but also at the same time, like, that's the most important time to change. Right. Because like, it's the last right. chance you have. And and again, the thesis of the movie is that even with all of that, the compassionate choice is the right one. 
Yeah. And from this moment on, Sukwu is only doing the compassionate choice. Yeah. He only ever makes the choice that will save the most people, and especially his daughter, and especially the, uh, the, uh, uh, a a very important woman who is important for reasons that are not relevant to this discussion. (laughs) Um, and, like, and also, like, that this, this COO, this counterpart to Sokwu, through making selfish choices, causes way more destruction than like that it is that it is easier to be selfish but always more destructive yeah but the compassionate choice is always the one that is best is always the one that helps people is always the one that saves people and like this coo causes so many fucking problems for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. but even in the face of that, Sakwu makes the continual compassionate choice. And, like, oh my god. I, I can't even talk about the ending. I'm not going to talk about the ending. <laughs> nope, nope, not allowed. Not, maybe, not not, allowed. maybe another time. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but, like... But, yeah, I get, I know the ending. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, 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 uh-huh, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, right, It's it's, like... This movie is so fucking good. And, like, here's the thing, right? I have only pulled at one thread of it. And sure, that thread can take you from the beginning to the end. But it is not the only thread that does that. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Jupiter, because the first... I've only seen this movie once. And when I watched it, like, I... I usually really dislike anything that has to do with zombies because it's always like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. There's zombies. There's people going to die. Like, what can you do about it? But mm-hmm. um, this is one of the first times that you've talked about something that I have seen already, but you've given me a new perspective on it. And I actually <laughs> will watch it again and actually. Because I don't think I analyzed it as much the first time I watched it. I was just like, entertainment movie. <laughs> absorb uh, yeah it's um, it's so good it's so good yeah it's so good this watch mo- it again this movie is so good rewatch it everyone at home watch it if you have um, you have seen it already re- rewatch it if you haven't watch it for the first time i the only the only valid excuse you have for not watching this movie if you don't is, like zombie stuff if you just don't if you can't handle horror like that's the mm-hmm. uh, but even if you don't like zombies, fuck off. Watch this movie. Like, well, I, my my translation of if you don't like zombie stuff is if you can't handle gore. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Yeah, that's valid. That's valid. But like, but like, if you are sick of zombie movies, I get you. I understand. I feel you. I, you're right. You are correct. This is the best one though. Yeah, I. It's certainly yeah. It's definitely the best zombie movie I've ever seen. Like, yeah. and I can say that easily because I can't remember any other zombie movies except maybe I Am Legend, but like that wasn't a good movie. <laughs> right? Like, like I've seen several zombie movies. Most of them are not memorable. Most of them are just biting each other. Like, it's it's yeah. very funny that like zombie movies are constantly just recycling the same shit, mm-hmm. or 
the same set pieces, the same gags, the same. Yeah. Like, what if someone sequence? is hiding that they got a bite? That's never happened before. It's never happened Ooh. before. Oh, what if you gotta have the scene where a crowd of zombies tears somebody apart because fucking, fucking Dawn of the Dead did it or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's like fucking whatever. Like, or there's the, you know, the kind of zombie movies that are just about like nihilism and violence and fucking like, yeah, just like, like basically just like apocalypse bros wet dream yeah it's it's like the beach anime episode except it's the zombie anime episode except it's a whole movie (laughs) right it's just like like it's like most zombie movies are such nothing though the only i've seen a lot of them at this point the only one that kind of is memorable other than train to busan is Shaun of the dead but even then not really I haven't seen that one. It's it's fine. You don't have to see it. I know that a lot of people really like it, and I liked it a lot when I was a kid, but let's be real. <laughs> um, literally, the Train to Busan, if you never watch any zombie movie, you still have to watch this one. Yeah, I agree. Just saying. Just saying. All right. So t- get off your train. Take your Choo-choo. bag. Get, get out, Step out. Um, the conductor Choo-choo. will help you out and hop into a car. Oh! Because we're going on another journey. Is this two vehicle things? This is two vehicle things. Um, Today, I am going to be talking about the betrayal and redemption in the Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're Sorry, going just, on a road trip today. Just, just such the 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 just the tone switch, the the energy switch between Train to Busan and a Goofy movie. Yeah, that's what you get on Enchanting Aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I also love that this is it's it's two vehicle movies. Yeah, this episode is a hundred percent going to just be called Road Trip. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, or like a, a travel log. <laughs> bring your passports. Yeah. Bring your, bring your backpacks. Um, call, call this episode a passport to pain. <laughs> Yikes. I yeah, hope there's pretty, a movie out bad. there that's called that. I'm looking it up. Okay, so. So, okay, now hold on. A passport to pain is a a real travel thing? What? It's a real travel event. Like a tour thing? Like a tour guide? I think so. Um so okay, sorry. Um this episode is sponsored to you by uh Passport to Pain. What what is this? Um okay. So basically what it is, it is a as far as I can tell, it is a, like, maybe, like, a biking event. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Where, uh, you you go on, on, uh, trails that are, are very hard. Oh, okay. That, that seems to be the, what I get from it. You don't need a passport to go on a bike. Yeah. That's a no from me. 
Yeah, that gets a no for me. Sorry, sorry to our sponsor. We need a we need a third no, um, but it's just us, so we can't. Um, <laughs> Why do we need a third no? Because that's what they do in the TV shows where they have the voting. There's three oh, no's. I guess so. I guess I guess two out of three no's means no anyway. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, a goofy movie. A goofy movie is a goofy movie that you guess it has Goofy from the Disney's. Um, if you don't know who Goofy is, <laughs> you gosh, that's what you get. Um, so a Goofy movie was made in the 90s, um, and it's, you know, nostalgic porn. It's not porn. It's like, it's, like known, as, it's known as nostalgia porn because it's like so nostalgic and stuff. I, I, um, I hate, I hate the usage of the word porn in a non-porn context. I agree. I couldn't think of it. Nostalgic juice. It's some nostalgic juice for you. Can we just say very nostalgic? I guess so. Fucking, I open a, a thesaurus for juice and porn and instead they just give me very. <laughs> um, uh-huh. so... Uh, if you haven't seen the Goofy movie, fucking go away and watch the Goofy movie. Are you wow. fucking kidding me? Wow. Like, like, usually I try to, like, pitch why you should watch a movie. But if you haven't seen the Goofy movie already, like, you need to go do it. It's a good movie. Uh, um, hey, um, to, to those who haven't seen the Goofy movie, I'm going to I'm gonna offer you a, a, a little, uh, a, a little, what's the word? Lifesaver. Sure. Into the water. Um, which is that. I have seen it, and I didn't like it that much. Okay, well, you, you I hate you. Is the, is the response to that? That's fine. Um, when was the last time you saw it? That's the real question. Uh, when I saw it, uh, when I was in high school, and okay. I did not like it because uh, a because I don't care about. The dynamic that Goofy and Max have. Oof. And. That's what I'm and, talking about. <laughs> well, convince me otherwise. Okay, um, I will. And, and also, I was just really grossed out by the cheese man. Oh, Jupiter, you're killing me. Oh, my gosh. Because guess what? I was going to do uh, an extra shout out specifically to the cheese man. Because. Every day, not every day, very often in the in the Joe and Amy household, we'll just look at each other and say, Cheddar! He's very gross in the movie, but I just love saying Cheddar. That's fun. Yeah, also, I don't really care about Max's, like, love interest thing. I just... Yeah. It's, I mean, she's gone in the next movie. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not much in the Goofy movie for me, but I want you to convince me otherwise. All right, now I have to convince you. Which, okay, fine, whatever. I'll do <laughs> yes, I believe in you. So, uh, a Goofy movie. First, I'm gonna point out some extra things that I like other than Cheddar. It's uh, the color keying, the color skiing, scheming, the colors, the colors in this. The movie. colors. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I want to be, I'm, I'm working, I'm trying, I'm into the animation industry, and I forgot what it's called, but basically, like, every scene, you kind of color key, 
Um, mm-hmm. And it, like, establishes the mood and dynamic of the scene by figuring I, out what colors to use. Are, are you um, thinking of the word palette? I mean, I don't, I know that's a part of it, but that's, that's kind of. Okay, so that's not the word you're looking for. That's cool. not the word. There's a cool. specific right. job that somebody has, which is literally establishing the color for every different scene. Um, and anyways, this isn't the thing I'm talking about, but it is a thing in Goofy Movie, which like, they do a fucking amazing job color keying. Like, every scene establishes itself so well, not only with the beautiful art direction and backgrounds and stuff but like the colors itself like you could see if you saw just screenshots of certain parts of the movies you could tell the mood from them just from the colors shout out to that um anyways i'm specifically talking about the betrayal because i don't know i just thought of it today (laughs) Um, so essentially the goofy movie if you haven't seen it in a while because of course by now you've seen it because you listen to me and um you stopped the podcast and went to watch the movie. So um, if you forgot what happened in the plot, though, Max is afraid of becoming his dad Goofy because Goofy is a big goof. Um, And he's been, you know, he's a teenager. He wants to be distant from his dad. He's in his phase. He doesn't have a mom. His mom is dead. Um, So Goofy... um, Goofy and him are kind of estranged. Goofy still sees him as a little kid. And Max doesn't want to be a little kid. Wait a second. This this episode has two sets of estranged parent and child. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot more in in uh, comparison. Wait, wait a second. Are Trench yeah. the Sun and a Goofy movie kind of the same movie? <sighs> Honestly, a little bit. <laughs> a little, a little nobody, bit. Nobody dies in a Goofy movie. Well, some animatronics die in a Goofy movie. Um, but... So the movie begins basically with Max getting in big trouble at school and Goofy being afraid of Max like throwing his life down the shitter and like going to prison because he's being uh, a rebellious teen right now. And so Goofy's solution to quote unquote punish Max and also like reestablish their bond is to go on to a family road trip, which has been passed down through the Goofy family through generations. Um, And Max does not want to go to this because um, he really wants to go to a concert in L.A., which um, he his crush is there. That's why he wants to go. Uh (laughs) Um, Powerline, that's the guy. Originally, he he didn't really he wasn't planning on going all the way to L.A. because they live really they live like on the other side of the country. He just wanted to watch the concert. But then when he found out about um, this concert, uh, the road trip, he decided he was going to lie and tell his crush that he is going to the Powerline concert. So, blah, 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 blah. They go on a road trip. Max hates it. There is a bunch of shit that happens that makes Max miserable because Goofy just takes him to places that are meant for little kids and not meant for max to enjoy yeah. um they mm-hmm. have a falling out at some point they argue together and um more shit happens and in the kind of the climax of them not getting along together they begin to you know they they um explode at one of another and kind of understand each other's perspectives like goofy slowly begins to understand that max isn't a little kid anymore and 
wants to do his own thing and have his own boundaries, but that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want anything to do with Goofy. And at the same time, Max is beginning to understand that his dad is really lonely and just wants to still be a part of Max's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they haven't peaked understood each other yet at this point in the movie. They're just slowly beginning to open up to each other. This is where it gets... Ooh, oh, <laughs> ooh, that's the only noise that can... Um, <laughs> I can describe, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, they're starting They're starting to get along with each other. Max still doesn't want to be on this trip. Goofy still wants to change Max, but there's, there's a turning point. But Max has a very um, integral decision to make, which literally the, unif- you, the universe, like, the universe lays out on a platter a chance for him to change the, um, the map the destination, because they've been following this roadmap for the whole road trip, um, to change it to L.A. instead of the fucking fishing place that they were going to go to. And Max does it. He changes it. Even though he realizes that this is really important to his dad, he is a kid and he still wants to do what he wants and he's still selfish, and so he changes it anyway. Sure. Um, That isn't exactly what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about is right after that, which is the trust that Goofy had in his son after this point and the betrayal that he felt. So up until this point, Goofy was afraid of Max becoming a, uh, what's the word? A, a, a bad guy. He, he's a, worried a cr- about Max. A criminal? A, a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> Words don't <laughs> exist in my head. They words, disappear. Words are fake. It's fine. Words are fake. Yeah. Um, and right before Goofy discovers, let me start this over. Goofy has a conversation with his, his quote unquote friend, um, Pete, who has convinced him of this whole criminal thing in the first place. And this is at a point where he realizes that he trusts his son, Max. And why would he think Max could be a criminal? He's his son. He loves him. He's a good guy. And so he defends ah. he defends Max um, to Pete. He says Max would never do that. Like, Ma- Max would never be a bad guy or a criminal because he loves me and I love him. And right after this, he goes into his car. And once again, the universe opens it up on a platter, the map. And Goofy has to decide between trusting Max or looking at the map. And of course... Goofy does the selfish thing too and decides not to trust Max and looks at the map, which of course he finds out Max changed it. Um, and blah, 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 blah. Goofy, um, you know, the movie ends up good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I don't, I don't want to like explain the whole fucking movie, so I'm going to stop there. But no, for sure, for sure. But like essentially, I love this a lot because. A lot of movies, a lot, a lot, a lot of movies are are set up with that dynamic of um, one person comes into a relationship or scenario with another person already lying, already um, like fingers behind their back pretending to be someone else with having intentions to do something else. That happens all the time in movies. And of course, the pattern for that movie is usually like along the line, it's revealed somehow that the person isn't what they said to be. Sure. And there's this feeling of betrayal. And 
there's also the, oh, but it's not like that. You see, I along the way, I changed. I changed my mind. But the Goofy movie doesn't do this. The Goofy movie establishes from the beginning, like, their differences, that they both are thinking of different things, and that Max clearly doesn't want to do this. Sure. And it's it's even, like, after they've established their relationship and gotten closer to each other throughout this trip, Max still betrays Goofy. And Goofy still decides not to trust Max. And I know that seems kind of not that big. No, or- but but no, I, I totally get what you're saying here. Of like, like, at the end of the day, like, they have, like, they do understand each other more, but also, like, it, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. And also, people are just complicated. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, it's, it's not like, it's, it's not like, you know, one road trip is going to happen and suddenly everybody is different and it all is like perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, and like, and trying to find like that, that perfection, especially in a like, you know, parent child relationship where, like when you're a parent, like you can try and guide your kid and try and like, you know, try and like give them the opportunity to make the best decisions that they can. But also that they at the end of the day, you can't decide who they are. Yeah. And, and you, can't, you can't paint who you can't, you know, Goofy wants Max to still be a little kid, but he can't make that happen because Max isn't a little kid anymore. Right, right, right. Uh, and like, you know, sure, Goofy and Max understand each other a little better, but they're still very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, which even brings brings me to another point. I mean, I guess I am going to talk about the rest of the movie, but everybody else, everybody here listening to this podcast has seen this movie already because I told you guys to watch it. So uh-huh. Yeah, uh, um, let let us know uh, if you watch the Goofy movie. What are your Goofy movie thoughts? Tweet at us at Enchanting Pie. Uh, if you if you uh, are like Amy and really love the Goofy movie, or you're one of the rare bastions like me who didn't really like it that much. If you honestly, here's my pitch to you: even if you don't really like the Goofy movie, the art direction and animation alone is a good enough reason to watch it again. It's just sure. beautiful. It's a beautiful sure. movie. Um, but, like, after that after that betrayal, Goofy gives Max another chance. Goofy hands the map to Max, lets him be the honorary, like, person who looks at the map and decides where to go. And there's literally a fork in the road, and Goofy says, all right, Max, which direction do you want me to go? Um... And he gives Max the chance to change his mind and say, go this way. But Max is still selfish. Max still wants to go to the fucking concert. And so he does it. And Goofy, that, and that's like the, the final climax of the movie. Because Goofy finally is like, okay, really? You're, you're betraying me. And I know you have betrayed me. And, um, but, also, and, it, but also, is it, is it really a betrayal? Because really what it is, is like, at least to me, as someone who hasn't seen this movie in a very long time, (laughs) 
to me, like that final moment, that final decision is like, you know, like is kind of about like either trying to force Max to stay in the past or allowing Max to explore a future. Yeah. Yeah. But in Goofy's eyes at that moment, because he wants Max to stay in the past still, he sees it as a betrayal. Well, and, for sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, a fucking awesome point. Um, and like right after that is where they have their biggest um, like fucking falling out, and that's when they finally begin to understand each other better um, because they are in <gasps> just like Train to Busan, a uh, life life uh, crisis where they're about to go down a waterfall. Um, ah, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um. And, you know, at the end of the movie, the ending isn't, like, perfect. It's compromise. Um, They both try to understand each other a little better, which is they decide to go to L.A., but on the way there, they still have a fun family trip together. And they still, like, do adventures together and still have fishing together. And, like, I don't know. It's, whew. Um... I don't know. I don't have any points anymore. It's a good. That, that's valid. I uh, uh, it, we we have really mirrored our each other this episode. We really have, and I'm so so proud of it. Like, yeah, I I this is this is great. I I like we both talked about a uh, uh, vehicles about <laughs> estranged parents. About are things being more of a relationship than a thing? Mm-hmm. Like, like this this episode is kind of serendipitous. It's it's really it is. Really, it's, it's really harmonious. It. Yeah, I will say, um, I, I, I definitely see and agree with all of the things that you have said about the Goofy movie, and You're I still like not gonna this. Watch the Goofy I like movie. this dynamic that they have, uh, and I, I like it. All works. When talking about it, I'm remembering that the thing that really turned me off of a Goofy movie wasn't necessarily the story, but more that most of the time it relies a lot on embarrassment, and I can't fucking handle that shit. Oh, yeah. That, that is another big thing, is Max is extremely embarrassed of his dad, and that's why he doesn't want to have a bond with him. This movie yeah. um, made me cry a lot. As a kid, because I was always on Goofy's side, because as a kid, I wanted to stay a kid, and I didn't want to grow up, and I wanted to be a little baby, and mm-hmm. I still want to be a little baby. <laughs> um, and I cried because I felt bad for Goofy, and also there's a scene where Max throws a, a possum hat onto the floor and steps on it, and it's raining, and I cried because I felt bad for the hat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, for, like, I, I totally get, like, at least from my, I mean, I've seen the movie, but from a sort of outsider perspective, I don't know that I could pick a side, you know? Well, like, yeah, now, now that I'm an adult, I, I see both sides, like, right, I understand yeah. why Goofy, like, his wife is dead, the only, the final connection he has to his dead wife is literally his son, 
and his son is changing and that's scary and he's gonna lose him soon too and he's afraid of change and max is quite the opposite afraid of becoming his dad and is scared and nervous and afraid of change and and goofy's only friend is an asshole exactly so he's his influence is not very good. And yeah. Max's only influence is Chad Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, hey, Amy. Yeah. Thanks for bringing this thing. Thanks for bringing your thing. Yeah. Um, this... So let's, let's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, it's fine. I was going to say, let's, let's reestablish this moral of the story. Yeah. I think. I, I feel the... like, I feel like the moral that you picked at the start was a little close, but didn't hit home. Right, yeah, I I feel that too. I think that the moral of the story is um, you you can change without meaning to um, because of drastic events that happen in your life, but at the same time, you can't force things to change or other people to change just by having events happen. Can can I I try one? Yeah, please, please. Um... Change will happen whether you're ready for it or not. And all that you can do is make the best choice in any given moment. Thanks for listening to Enchanting Aspects. You can find us on Twitter at EnchantingPod. If you'd like to review the podcast, you can leave us a review for our podcast. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, but, uh, also we have a Patreon. <laughs> uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, uh, financial support is extremely, extremely appreciated. Uh, you will go to it and you will see the tiers there. Ignore them because assuredly <laughs> they are all going to be changing very soon. Um, yeah. uh, and, but the financial support is still extremely appreciated. It supports, uh, our podcast as well as Deck of Friendship and Artificial Ghost Radio. Uh, Patreon.com slash Art Deck Aspects. Yeah, that's the link. That's the link. That's that's where it is. Uh, and I and I highly encourage you to go there and give us uh, some money. Money. And, lo- and and look forward to uh, future updates on uh, on what the uh, Patreon will look like in the future. I'm sure we'll have a little announcement thing when it when we're ready. If you go on a train, wash your hands. If you go on a car, don't change your map. Love yourself. Believe in yourself. Bye. Bye. Cheddar. Cheddar. <laughs> yeah.